Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey and welcome to the Wrap Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post-game show and podcast where we recap, we dissect, and we have some fun talking about the latest Raptors game you just watched. I'm your host, Sahal Abdi. I'm here solo tonight, um, and I'm sure, um, <laughs> I mean, what what else can I say? This one was a difficult one. Tonight, your Toronto Raptors were defeated by the Sacramento Kings in a barn burner, 124-123, to 123, bringing the Raptors record to 13-15 and 15 on the NBA season. That's three straight losses, unfortunately, for the Raptors. Last time I saw you guys, the Raptors were 13 and 12. And they were playing the last, they just came off of a Los Angeles Lakers win. But here we are, 13 and 15. The Raptors tried to bounce back at home against the Kings, could not get it done tonight. And you guys know I always ask you this, last but not least, if you love the Toronto Raptors, do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor. Subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube channel and the Rapcast podcast channel, wherever you're watching or listening. So, I mean, where do I start? Uh, let's get into this game really quick. Uh, <laughs> it was tough. The Raptors looked like they had control of the game early on, and um, it just got more and more difficult. The Raptors led after the first quarter 31-23, to 23, um, and then second quarter there was a little bit of some Raptors mishaps at the end of the second. Just before halftime, Sacramento makes a run. And the Raptors kind of give away, well, not give away the lead fully. They went into halftime with a one-point lead. But it was ugly. And Sacramento did have momentum going into the half. The Raptors came back, bounced back, um, you know, outscored the Kings 32-29 to in the third quarter. And at this point, it looked like they had full control of the game. Um, despite, you know, Pascal Siakam not playing too well, which is a complete and utter anomaly this season. I feel like this is the first game this season where we're like, wow, Pascal actually didn't play all that great. I mean, he shot seven for 19. And it was difficult because in a game like this where Fred Van Vliet scores so much for you, he was one point shy of 40 points. He had 39. He shot 13 for 25. He went to the line 11 times and he hit all 11 free throws. So, I mean, Fred played his absolute butt off. Scotty Barnes was 10 for 16. He played 40 minutes, which is Pretty much, uh, I mean, the regular regular amount that Nick Nurse has been dishing out to Scotty Barnes since he's, I mean, really been drafted by the Raptors. Um, he was 10 for 16. He had 27 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds. So you had two fantastic games um, from Fred Van Fleet and Scotty Barnes. And, man, I know everyone's uh, – it's tough. The, the live chat doesn't look too great. Everyone's kind of just reeling. I understand fully, uh, especially – just with the way the, the way that game ended, uh, losing by one, the Raptors being down three, Fred Van Vliet getting a – I mean, that's a pretty clean look for late game. Couldn't hit it. And, um, yeah, offensive rebound, and I believe it was Pascal Siakam or Chris Boucher, one of the two. I believe it was Pascal Siakam who um, scored the last bucket of the game. Raptors were down one, but at that point, 0.9 seconds left on the clock. Um, 
a little shocking to me that they could not foul in 0.9 seconds, just a little. Um, I'm not sure why when Sabonis came towards the inbound, maybe the Raptors didn't think uh, the Kings were going to inbound to him. But, I mean, there was 0.9 on the clock, so sure. Um, and Pascal just couldn't get there quick enough at that point, and the game was over. It's just a very ugly way to lose a game for the Raptors. Like I said, they've lost three straight. Um, it's not looking too great. They came off uh, last Wednesday. They came off of a win against the L.A. Lakers, which feels like ages ago now. Um, and they've lost two games to the Magic, and they've lost now to the Kings. And if you guys remember me saying this, what was it, two weeks ago? Uh, I think I was with Aiden. Might have been with Kyle, actually. Um, I was looking at these games, and I was seeing, you know, after the Celtics game, which is a tough, another tough loss, uh, I was looking at the Lakers game, the Magic game, and the Kings. I said the Kings are a much better team, so do not, you know, we shouldn't just chalk that up as a win. But I said those two Magic games, the Raptors are going to need both. Um, if the Raptors were at a better standing this year, I mean, you get one, and I guess you're okay with just the Magic stealing one from you, but they lost both, the second one being a really ugly one, losing by 12. Then you walk into uh, the Kings game, and now you're back at home, right? You're defending your home court, and you got just about everyone healthy. I mean, OG was the only one that wasn't healthy from the core guys in this game. He's still suffering from that hip strain. Um, so he wasn't healthy. Uh, but you're walking into this game with Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Chris Boucher, you're probably your best player off the bench this season is still there. Um, yeah, I mean, Daddy's Young started. I was a little concerned with how this game uh, started just because I know the Raptors were up eight, right, to start or uh, to end the first quarter. But um, this team needs a center <laughs> because uh, – Thaddeus Young on, on Sabonis. I and mean, this isn't me saying Sabonis, you know, absolutely killed the Raptors in this game because, um, I mean, he played a typical Sabonis game, 21 points, 20 rebounds. I know I'm I know I'm know giving him maybe a, a little too much credit saying that's a typical Sabonis game, but I've seen Sabonis do this so many times. 21 points, 20 rebounds, um, 10 for 13 from the field. So he was just, I mean, incredible when he had the ball. It just looked very easy for him. Um Defensively, the Raptors, I mean, that's on the inside. And on the outside, the Raptors were allowing so many open threes. It was ugly. Uh, Malik Monk had a ton of open shots in this game. Um, the closeouts were odd because guys were just flying at other guys. And, I mean, from the Raptors defense that we're used to seeing from the last few seasons, you would see, you know, defensive rotations where, you know, the, the defensive system of the Raptors, they kind of um, allow teams to get these – semi-open corner threes, I would say, um, the closeouts there. But a lot of times the closeout was there and you're jumping at a guy and Kings just kept doing the same thing. They just kept pump faking, sliding to the left, sliding to the right, wide open shot. And I saw Nick Nurse's reaction, I think, on the Chris Boucher closeout. And he was just um, – Nick Nurse is angry. Uh, and I, he's probably angry as we speak in that, in that locker room. So, uh, yeah, difficult game. There's a lot of things that went wrong, a ton. Um like I said, Sabonis just wasn't being defended and it's not really, I mean, a, a, I mean, it's a personnel problem more than anything. You can't really put too much blame on a guy like Thaddeus Young or a guy like Pascal Siakam. Sabonis is a load to deal with down low. Um, and then the Kings just hit timely shots. Aaron Fox had a great game as well. Didn't shoot too well from the field. I think he was nine for 23, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he hit some, some time. He went to the line quite a bit. Um, he had seven free throws attempted. 
Um, it was difficult. I mean, watching the Kings, watching Mike Brown get ejected. I mean, I thought the Raptors at that point kind of just um, gathered all the momentum they could. I mean, the head coach of the Kings was gone at that point. It's, you know, those, when those little things happen in a basketball game, you start to think that the momentum, momentum starts to swing a little bit. Um, but that didn't happen. Um, yeah, it was a very difficult game to watch. Going through the rest of it, I'm going to show you guys the box score in just a second right here. Um, what do we got? So that's the Kings. I mean, like I said, Sabonis, 21 points, 20 rebounds. Darren Fox had a finish with 27 points. Terrence Davis, the former Raptor, 19 points. He had a bunch of threes. He had five in this game. He attempted 12. I mean, sure. Uh, Malik Monk as well. You could see him at the bottom of that box score. And for our podcast listeners, Malik Monk, I know, I mean, it hurts when it's Malik Monk because a lot of Raptors fans were calling for Malik Monk to be signed in the offseason. And here he is torching the Raptors, 24 points. Went to the free throw line eight times. So it's not like this kid was just chucking um, chucking shots the whole game. I mean, he was a plus 10. Went to the line eight times. Um, took advantage of his mismatches. There's a lot of mismatches in this game. Hernan Gomez was stuck on Monk on a bunch of possessions. Um, I mean, at that point, who isn't going to take Hernan Gomez to the rim? Uh, Darren Fox, same thing. I mean, they kept trying that screen with Sabonis um, to get the Raptors with some mismatches. Uh, There's one point where Ken Birch was on the perimeter. He did okay, though. Ken Birch can slide his feet when he's healthy, so that's great. Um, yeah, <laughs> wow, it's a lot. Uh, the the live chat is a lot darker than I thought it would be. I mean, I, I was expecting some negativity, but um, yeah, I mean the trades, of course, guys. I get it. People are talking about Jakob Pertl. Uh, people are responding saying Jakob Pertl doesn't matter if you can't hit an open three. I mean, you guys are both right. I can't really complain, man. Um, what I mean, what? what? Like, you watch this Raptors team, and I'm going to scroll down a little bit for you guys so you guys can see the Raptors box score. You watch this Raptors team, and it's just – it's not even like the shots are difficult. I mean, guys are just missing. And I know Fred went 13 for 25, but two for eight from three. I'm not – and again, I'm not picking on Fred because he's the last guy I'm going to pick on in this, in this game. But it's just odd that Fred – Van Vliet, out of all players, can have 39 points, eight rebounds, and five assists, four steals as well. And he shoots two for eight from three. Like, that's just not what we're used to. Um, Scotty Barnes with the best percentage. Uh, sure. Another one. I mean, yeah, Gary Trent Jr. is one for three. The Raptors really didn't even shoot too many threes in this game. I think they're starting to realize that maybe they just should, shouldn't shoot as much in a game like this or in any game. Um, difficult. Uh, so many different storylines, I guess, are going to come out of this game, which is, I guess, kind of unfortunate for the Raptors. People are going to continuously talk about trades, which I guess is fair. The Raptors have to find some sort of solution. They are on a three-game losing streak. You've got the Brooklyn Nets next. And for all I know, I'm pretty sure the Brooklyn Nets are healthy. After that, you got the Warriors. And, I mean, lucky for the Raptors, they're playing the Warriors at home. Even following the Golden State Warriors, they play like a high school varsity team away from – um, Chase Center, I think it's called. It's not called Oracle Arena anymore. Um, yeah, just a very difficult game, guys. I, I don't, I don't know how many times I can repeat that. It's just when you watch a game like this, and the Raptors have control. They're ten and three at home, so you would think that they would um, play much better at home. They did score a bunch of points in this one, but I mean, the Kings just kept coming and coming. 
And they were at the Raptors' doorstep, and they hit timely shots when they um, when they should have, and the Raptors didn't, unfortunately. Uh, people are going to complain and say, you know, late game, this guy should be taking the shots. I mean, it's just – I mean, everyone wanted Pascal to, you know, take Sabotas to the rim at that last moment, and, I mean, the ball just rolled out. So there isn't uh, – it's just like, what do you do at that point? What, what do you do? Um, I'm just going through some of the live chat. I'm sorry. I know this guy's. I'm sorry. This sounds like a therapy session. It really is. Uh, the Raptors are struggling this season. It's it's difficult. There's a lot of underlying issues with this team. Um, like, I mean, one of the worst half court. I think mean, I think the worst half court offense in the league um, in terms of three point shooting. They have to be one of the worst in the league. I mean, I'm looking player by player. And, uh, I mean, let me look at this. I mean, everyone's at career low. OG Ananobi's at a career low, 33% from three. He didn't even play in this game. But Gary Trent Jr. is at 33%. Fred is at 32. Goodness gracious. Chris Boucher is at, at 29. Um, Thaddeus Young's at 22. I mean, he doesn't shoot a bunch, so I can't really get mad at him. Pascal Siakam's at 31. Goodness gracious. This is horrible. Um, yeah, welcome to the therapy session. Guys, I'm not joking. I mean... Um, I'm coming live on a Wednesday night trying to tell, give you my best um, <laughs> explanation for what's going on with the Raptors. Um, a part of me, I feel like half of me right now is in shock that they lost that game, and half of me is really just trying to diagnose the game and what just happened. Um, I've seen people mention just tank. I don't think, guys, you can tank with a team that – I know this sounds very weird because they are 13 and 15 and on a three-game losing streak, but I don't think you can take, guys. This team's a little too good. Um, I mean, far too good. Um, I want to say that this is all just this is just a slump, but it's just unfortunate that a shooting slump is happening for every single Raptor at the exact same time. Um, I'll absolve Pascal Siakam from this. I feel like this is an anomaly game for him. Um, as for Guys like Gary Trent Jr., um, I'm not sure. I mean, it's difficult. He should have shot a little bit more, I guess, in this game. He shot five for nine, which is great. Um, but, I mean, when he was in the game, it just didn't feel like he was turning the tide enough. Um, I guess the one or two positives you could take from this game, at least from a player perspective, is that Fred Van Fleet is back. <laughs> 39 points. Um, drew a bunch of free throws. I mean... I guess I guess that's a positive you could take, right? Scotty Barnes played his heart out, um, which is great to see. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult game. It was a difficult, difficult game um, to watch. Um, not sure I agree with that. Someone said trade Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam. I don't know, I don't know about that. That's a little, a little strange. Um Someone said, stop giving Fred Van Fleet a pass just because he's good with the media. I mean, if you've been watching me, at least, on this show, on this live postgame show, I have not been giving Fred Van Fleet a pass. Um, I I mean, Kyle Kyle Brickman, our co-host, like refers to me as like the pessimist of this show. Or maybe he's just an optimist and everyone else is. But um, yeah, I haven't really been giving Fred Van Fleet a pass. Um, I know a lot of people on uh, Twitter have been um, kind of struggling to criticize him. I, I haven't. But with that being said, there's also context. 
Fred VanVleet's not a bad basketball player. I don't know if you guys, um, I mean, watched all of last season. He's a pretty good player who's been ascending every single season he's been in the league. He was an all-star last season. And I know people are going to say, well, that was last season, and we're talking about this season. I get it. He has struggled this year, but, I mean, who hasn't? You know, take away Pascal, who hasn't struggled? Um, and I know Fred's one of the better players on this team, and, and the expectations are higher. Sure, no problem. Guys, I'm willing to criticize him. Absolutely. Um, but am I willing to say that this is probably, you know, considering everything I've seen from Fred, the large sample size I've watched from when he began his career in Toronto, am I okay with saying this is probably a slump for him? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with saying that. Um, I'm not ready to trade a guy like Fred Manfleet. I mean, um, I feel like Gary Trent Jr. is the guy kind of being mentioned most, most more often than not in in, in uh, potential trades. Um Damn, I I didn't think, uh, what are we, 28 games into the season, we would be talking about potential trades and, um, I mean, me telling people that they're wrong for for saying Fred Van Vliet should be traded. Um, Didn't think I'd be here, uh, but it seems like the whole live chat is just talking about potential trades and who they would move, and which I get. I mean, uh, Adam Chung asks a good question. So so what's the solution, boys and girls? I mean, these are NBA, these are professional basketball players. I mean, I'd, to start, I'd like them to hit their open shots, right? Um, and that goes for all the guys I mentioned um, in this game. Uh, very difficult. I mean, uh, <laughs> Azumali says, can we trade some fans? Uh, no. Guys, negativity's fine. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to. We just lost. I get it. People are frustrated. Three three straight loses. Three straight losses. I totally get it. If people want to be frustrated, I mean, as long as they're not kind of breaking the rules, I'm okay with it. Um, I guess this is a good time, guys, to tell you about Manscaped, <laughs> right? It feels like I'm kind of like just running away from you guys. Um, balls, guys. Ball. Let's talk about balls, right? Because the basketballs do not seem to be going in. So let's talk about the other balls. And balls are. Very delicate, as you guys all know. They're sensitive. They're easy to damage. And that's why on our post-game show, Wrap Up Live, we all use the Lawnmower 4.0. It's got skin-safe technology with a replaceable ceramic blade so you can trim with confidence. It also has an LED light, guys, so you can always see uh, what you're doing. I mean, nobody wants to, I mean, just take a risk like that, right? And what's more, and this is probably the best part, it has a completely wireless charging system, and the Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. So if you splash some water on it, you're fine. Um, you drop it uh, in the, I don't know, the toilet, you're also fine. Um, I don't know if you want to pick it out, but sure. Uh, the Manscaped lawnmower is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. If you do the math, that's over 4 million balls. So why don't you join them and use the right tools for the job? Because guys, when it comes to balls, you do not want to take chances. I told you that before. Do not take your chances. Don't waste your money on those cheap blades from the dollar store, gas station, the corner store, wherever. Just trust us, it's not worth the risk nor the trouble. Also, I'm skin sensitive, guys. So if you're skin sensitive like me, all Manscaped skincare products are infused with natural ingredients to soothe and protect your skin. I can personally vouch for them. Uh, Christmas is coming up, guys. What are we at? Is it December 14th today? It is. It's Wednesday, December 14th. So 11 days away from Christmas. The holidays are coming up, guys. I'm sure some birthdays are coming up. So if you're like me um, and you struggle, 
to find gifts for anybody, relative, friend, partner. Manscaped is the perfect solution for you. You can go to manscaped.com. You can check out their all-new Lawnmower 4.0 as well as their incredible luxury grooming bundles that include two free items. Uh, I think you get a brand-new travel bag, and you also get, um, what is it? It's the anti-chafing boxers. Um, and, yes, I can vouch for those as well. I have a friend who also um, ordered some boxers. He said they were incredible, and uh, he actually might be watching this right now. So if you – I mean, you know, I mean <laughs> – they're good, man. They're good. And if you guys are like me, you like to be comfortable down there, get, get the anti-chafing boxers. So, guys, just to remind you guys, this is a new travel bag, anti-chafing boxers. That's two completely free-of-cost items if you buy a grooming bundle. Honestly, no matter what you purchase, you can you, you can receive free shipping only with our show, uh, our promo code WRAPUP. That's R-A-P-U-P for 20% off. Free shipping on your entire order. So you heard that right. Enter the promo code WRAPUP, R-A-P-U-P for 20% off. And free shipping on your entire manscaped.com order. Guys, Manscaped is great. Um, I was one of those guys that watched a ton of podcasts. I mean, I still am. I still do watch a ton of podcasts or listen to a ton of podcasts. I don't know what I'm saying right now. I listen to a ton of podcasts. And um, you guys have probably heard Manscaped before, right? Um, you guys have definitely heard of it before. And uh, I can finally vouch for it. I mean, they send us some stuff. They sent us some wrap-up family, some stuff, and it's great. It is fantastic. So use our code, guys. Wrap up R A P U P. You get free shipping as well, twenty percent off. Um, and I would appreciate that. Our entire wrap up family would definitely appreciate that. Um, we do have a donation, which is nice to see, from Stephen McKinnis. He says, "Great to see Will Lou Monday night at his event." I know Stephen, and I'm a terrible friend because I couldn't make it that night. Um. I heard it was a fantastic event. I had a bunch of my friends there, uh, media guys that I know, uh, close friends of mine as well. Uh, I know Will and Alex did a great job. Um, yeah, I mean, I I heard there was a ton of prizes won, which was cool to see. Um, I'm glad, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Will was a good friend of mine, so and I know it was a success. I saw pictures. It was fantastic. The whole place was sold out. There's a big lineup outside. It was very nice to see, very nice to see. It's good to see your friends you know, succeed. It's fun. So thank you, Stephen, uh, for the donation. I really, really appreciate that on behalf of our family here. Um, I mean, yeah, so guys, we're back. I mean, what do we do? What do the Raptors do? That's the question. Um, I don't know if Masai Ujiri is at the point right now where, I mean, he's going to throw a bunch of guys on the block. I know a lot of us have that um, that feeling that someone's got to go um, or someone has to be added or both <laughs> with a trade. Um, yeah. I mean, something has to happen, I guess, before the deadline, uh, the Raptors are in a tough position. I guess it does help that when I look at the standings, let me pull it up real quick. When I do look at the NBA standings, there's a bunch of teams that, you know, are, were projected before the season began uh, to be around the Raptors um, in terms of standings. And um, they're struggling as well. The Hawks, 14 wins, 15 losses. Uh, the 76ers, 15 wins, 12 losses. Miami Heat struggling this year. You guys have probably watched the Bulls. They are in hell this year. Um, it's really weird this season. I mean, the Celtics, the Bucks are just doing fantastic in the East, right? Um, 
you got the Pelicans, I think, and the Grizzlies playing well as well in the West. Um, yeah, the Raptors, I mean, uh, it's never great to take a moral victory and a loss. But when you look at the standings, I mean, it's not like the Raptors somehow are still a ninth seed. I mean, with all the losses they piled up this season, you would assume they'd be in that 12 range, but um, at 13 and 15, they are, as we speak, what is it, a game? No, yeah, a game and a half behind the eighth seed. And this and the set wait and the sixth seed. Wait, that doesn't make sense. I guess this is the Hawks game is on. Um I guess I'm just gonna answer questions, guys. Uh we have another donation here from our show's best friend, who we tend to highlight a lot because we love him. He was here from the from the get, uh Phoenix. Um he says this backline defense stinks. Get Jakob Pertle ASAP. Uh yeah, I mean Jakob. Every Raptors fan's clamoring for him, former Raptor. Uh, we drafted him, obviously, with the ninth pick. Um, now he's in San Antonio, and he's flourishing. And it sucks because, of course, the Raptors won. I mean, I'm sure Messiah Jury's interested in him, but, I mean, who isn't in the league, right? I saw a report, I think, last week that almost half the league is at least mildly interested in Jakob Pertl. Um, I mean, one of the best rim protectors in the league can shift his feet defensively, can move, very good screen setter, can roll to the hoop, can finish around the rim. I think Jakob Pertl's like rich, the Raptors. I mean, if the Spurs know half the league is interested in him, they're going to ask for a King's Ransom. So I think Jakob, in my opinion, I think Jakob Pertl's kind of out of the question. But we'll see. I mean, if the Raptors think it's it's worth it to give up from what I saw, I think it's two first-round picks and a player. Sure. I don't think it's worth it, personally, but considering how well Masai Ujiri drafts, I mean, Masai Ujiri just seems like every single draft pick is is a hit, so... Raptors draft picks are valued a little bit more higher than everyone else's. So, um, I mean, the Raptors have to, like I said, they have to do something. And Phoenix, I do appreciate that donation as well. Again, on behalf of our family at Raptors Public. I'm going to highlight some questions, guys. We're 25 minutes in. I'm sorry, guys. I know we're, we're all being Debbie Downers. It's tough. Um, I'm not going to highlight anything, guys, that says OG should be traded or Siakam should be traded. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing that. Um, John Smith says, Sahal, what do you think they should do for the rest of the season? Um, you guys aren't going to like this answer, but I genuinely think the Raptors are are in a slump. I do think that um, there will come a time where they hit a groove. Um, and like I said, it's not ideal that everyone's on that slump at that exact same time. But I think you just got to stay with the status quo for now. I mean, of course, if you're a GM or in the front office, you you – look as much as you can and you peer across the league and you try your best to find something in terms of the trade market of something you can find um, in terms of helping the Raptors at the five position or getting a backup backup guard, something, shooting. I mean, the Raptors' issues are clear. I mean, they need shooting and they need some size. Um, I think I'm ready to say that – Again, there is context. I'm not ready to say that the 6-9 experiment is, is over, but um, the 6-9 experiment can can only happen, I think, properly if we have uh, a center. And I mentioned it, guys, on my Twitter. I don't know if you guys are fans of a particular big man in, in, in Orlando. His name is Wendell Carter Jr. And um, 
I proposed, I mean, to my timeline, of course, my Twitter timeline, I proposed a potential trade of uh, a package surrounding Gary Trent Jr. and a package surrounding Wendell Carter Jr. But, I mean, they did sign him to a contract extension. I know. I think he's more part of their core than anything. Um, so I don't know if that happens. But Wendell Carter Jr. is a fantastic rim protector. Um, I believe when I, the, the, I saw a metric yesterday that he was second in the league in terms of um, rim protection percentage. Um, I mean, he would solve a lot of issues. Um, and I'm okay with getting rid of a guy like Gary Trent Jr. or trading a guy like Gary Trent Jr. if that's the, you know, thing that's coming back, that's the player that's coming back, the caliber of the player. Um, that's just one. I mean, if you guys could probably think of a bunch of others that could work. Um, Orlando fans might be watching this thinking I'm absolutely crazy. I think Wendell Carter Jr. is a great player. I also think Gary Trent Jr. is a great player. Gary Trent Jr., if I'm not mistaken, is 23, young. Probably hasn't hit his prime yet. Um, really good shooter. I think he's career like 38% from three. Um, so that's just one thing I mentioned. Um, guys, can we stop with the Victor Wimbanyama stuff? Like, it's not, we're not, we're not getting this kid. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not happening. Um, there's just too many teams doing weird things that, I mean, it looks like a lot of teams are tanking, which we all expected this year. Just random players are just sitting out for long periods of time, long stretches. Um, the Raptors are way too good to get him. Um, it's just they're way too good. I mean, the last time Raptors got, what, a top five pick was Scotty Barnes, and their whole team had COVID. So <laughs> it's just not going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen. I know, guys, it's like the pipe dream. Get Scoot Henderson and Wenman Yama and all those guys out of your – I mean, it's just going to make you feel better. Don't, don't, don't put your uh, – all your eggs in that basket, guys. Please, please don't. Um, um, I really want to answer that. But I don't know if it's that might make this uh, podcast explicit or this show explicit. Um, yeah, guys, this is this is this was a really bad loss, and I'm sorry, guys. I know I go way more into depth with games like this, but I mean. At this point, the Raptors, I feel like they just gave this game away. Um, I'm glad that there's a lot of discussion happening in our chat, which is fun to see. A lot of people exchanging ideas. Um, there's a lot of negative. I want, I'm, I'm trying my best to highlight some live comments, but there's a lot of negativity. So I don't want to um, entertain that. John Smith says, why do you not want to entertain trading Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet? Um, I mean, to keep it short, mostly because Pascal Siakam has looked like an all-NBA player this year. I mean, if you take out this game, he's looked like one of the best players in the league. I'd say maybe top 10 in the league, I'd say easily, since he's been, I mean, when he's been healthy. So Pascal's out of the question for me. He's another guy. Like, we talked about Fred ascending every single season. He's another guy that's just like, why would you trade him if he's just getting better and better every year? Like, objectively. Like, we're watching him, and he's adding so many things to his game every single year. Um, he literally looks unguardable this year. And I know – I don't want to get, you know, too much into it because people are going to be like, well, he went 7 for 19 in this game. Um, but Pascal Siakam, I'm not even thinking about that. Um, when it comes to Fred Van Fleet, it's – 
He's not sh- like I mean I don't want to reiterate everything I said before, but he's not shooting well. But I mean this is a guy that he's probably your primary leader on the team, um, one of the best communicators on the team, a guy that sticks up for his teammates, a guy that plays super hard. Um, I mean even when his shot's not falling, a really good defender. Um, I think when he's on his game, one of the better point of attack guards, guard defenders in the league. Um. He just causes so much disruption and chaos defensively. Um, in terms of his shot, I mean, Fred is Fred. He's going to shoot 40-ish percent from the field, 39% from the field, and the same thing from three. Um, I know the last few games have looked a little different because it feels like most of his scoring is coming from within the three-point line. But um, I feel like we have a little bit of short-term memory loss when it comes to Fred Van Vliet. Like, this is a guy that... Um, I don't know if we're going to let, what, a, a month and a half, maybe, of of the season kind of completely sway our thoughts on the type of player Fred Van Vliet is. Um, so those are the two primary reasons, John Smith. I hope I answered. I, you don't mean you don't, still don't have to agree with me, but um, Phoenix says, Sahal, the solution is to make a damn trade. Yeah. Um, but, guys, you guys got to understand that making a trade, I mean, it's going to be great, right? You get... You get a PNR big, right, in there, so you don't have to play colloquial 20, 25 minutes every single game. Sure. Like, let's say, hypothetically, Jakob Pertl gets there or Wendell Carter, any, I mean, serviceable big you can think of. I mean, it's also been a help if, you know, OGN and OB doesn't shoot 33% from three and Fred doesn't shoot 32% from three and, you know, Gary Trent Jr. doesn't shoot 33% from three. Like, that's also going to help too, guys. Like, this isn't just like a, a trade fix all type thing. Uh, we also need the you know the professionals to hit shots. Um, that's probably the first thing that needs to happen before any trades. And I think Nick Nurse is just at the point where he's just going to keep rolling these same guys out and just going to hope that they get hot. Um, uh, that's that's about it. Thirty three minutes. Goodness gracious! Who would have thought after a game like this, this show would be thirty three minutes long? Um, <laughs> Savage says 10 months, cough, cough. I know. Uh, I know, guys. I know. Uh, you guys aren't gonna, you guys aren't gonna back. You know, one thing you guys aren't gonna do is back me into a corner where I have to defend all the Raptors because like I'll I'll put that red carpet out. If you guys want to criticize them, just keep it fair. Obviously, don't you know, don't go a little too crazy. But I mean, the criticism should be there. They're all playing horribly. All of them, right? And somehow the Raptors are still 13 and 15, right? feel like everybody except Pascal Siakam is having a down year. So um, I'm going to answer a couple more questions, and then I guess we'll go from there. And again, I apologize for anyone that was expecting some real gritty analysis for a game like this. But, guys, I'm, I'm human. It's just it's tough. I really wanted this. If we're going to pick any games, post-game shows to be really interactive, I really wanted it to be this one because I want to hear what you guys have to have to say. I want to hear some opinions. Um, uh, Dahl, I hope I said that right. Dal Dal L says, if you had to pick between a reliable backup guard or a center for the trade, what would you rather? I mean, I'm taking a center. I'm taking a center 100%. Um, right. I'm taking a center, and I'm not even thinking twice. This team needs size. They need it defensively. They need it offensively. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, the whole 6-9 thing just ain't uh, – it's not 
It's not working. Not working too well. Um, <laughs> yeah, David Griffith says, at least Scott had a fantastic game. Good development from him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mentioned that. I should probably get into Can-Am. I totally forgot about that. We should do Can-Am player of the game. I mean, this is probably one of the easiest ones of the season. I'm going to go Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet, guys, 13 for 25. You see the box score beside me, 13 for 25, 11 for 11 from free throw. Um, he played 38 minutes. He had 39 points. He was a plus eight. He was the only Raptor with a positive plus minus in this game, at least from the starting lineup. Uh, yeah, 39 points, eight rebounds, five assists, four steals. This guy filled up the, the box score completely, and he shot over 50%, which is great to see from Fred. Um, you hope this is a bounce-back game from Fred. That is your Can-Am Tax player of the game. That's just, I mean, this it's easy for me, guys. It's easy. It has to be Fred. I'm sorry. And I know, guys, this isn't me counting out Scotty because Scotty had a great game too. Scotty Barnes played fantastic. But, I mean, Fred just willed this team, and it sucks when a, when a player – just throwing everybody on his back, and he's dragging himself, you know, down the court, and you know, you still come away with with a loss. Difficult, but uh, it's definitely um, Fred Van Fleet. And if you guys see at the top right of the screen, you guys can see CanMTax.com. They are a beloved friend of ours. Um, you guys can call them at four one six two four three two nine one two to fill out your taxes. It doesn't matter if you work a part time job, full time job, whatever you're doing, you're making salary. Um, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter. You work, who does, who cares? If you're filing taxes, file it with Can-Am Tax. They are fantastic. Look at their Google reviews. I tell you guys this every single time. They are great. Um, give them a call. And uh, even if you have questions, I mean, if you have simple tax questions, let's say you're filling out your own taxes or you have a question about another accountant that filled out your taxes, you can call Can-Am Tax. They'll answer all the questions you have. Um, definitely. And, and yeah, Fred Van Vliet. He's your Can-Am tax player of the night. Guys, I think that's going to end it here. <laughs> what a therapy session. What a therapy session indeed. I appreciate everybody joining. Um, it's, I mean, it's fantastic to always have you guys here, especially on weekday nights. It's 10.44 p.m. where I am, Eastern time. I'm sure that's where most Raptors fans um, are in the Eastern time zone. So I appreciate you guys staying with me, sticking with me. Um, holding hands during this therapy session. And I know there's been a ton of live viewers for this one. Uh, not, not as much as usual, but again, I get it, right? Totally understand. Before you guys leave us, though, tonight, do not click X on that tab just yet. I need you to subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube. I need you to like. Don't forget to like. Sometimes we get, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 views on a live show, and we're at 80 likes. I don't know how that's possible, but, I mean, Sure. Um, no, but in all honesty, um, subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube. We have a ton, a ton of good work going on there. So many writers, so many creators, um, great podcasts. Um, you know, I can name people all day long, uh, that contribute to this fantastic team we have at Raptors Republic. Uh, but yeah, this was the, this was the wrap up your official Raptors Republic post game live show where tonight, unfortunately, during our, um, therapy session, we all, we all, I guess, went through this together. Um, it was a eulogy. Your Raptors were defeated by the Sacramento Kings 124 to 123, bringing the Raptors record to 13 and 15 on the NBA season. The next game up is the Brooklyn Nets on Friday night, 7.30 p.m. The Raptors have lost three straight. You hope that this home game 
against the Brooklyn Nets is a win. You hope that the Raptors can bounce back. This live show was produced by yours truly. That was it for myself, Sahal Abdi. You could follow me on Twitter at Sahal Abdi. We'll see you guys all Friday night versus the Brooklyn Nets, who are currently 17 and 12 on the NBA season. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and the whole gang of them. We'll see you guys all next time on Wrap Up Live. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys had a little bit of fun. I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed talking with you guys. Take care. Have a good one.